بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته my brothers and sisters as you know history is my elective it's my great interest in life so let me tell you a story the year was 1640 and two buildings were being constructed one where i come from india and the other one here where we are all sitting now today both exist one remains exactly as it was when it was constructed the other grew enormously one has only two occupants both dead the other has thousands who come to learn and go out to rule the world one was funded by the wealthiest monarch of the time whose empire accounted for 25% of global gdp the other was funded by local people today the first one is dependent on government largess and the whims of politicians the other one has an endowment fund of 53.2 billion us dollars one has a few poverty stricken muslims to sweep and clean and try to keep the masjid which is part of the complex alive the other has 16000 staff and faculty including 2400 professors and lecturers can you guess the names of the buildings it's an easy one right anybody what are the two buildings i'm talking about anyone taj mahal and harvard university jazakallah taj mahal and harvard university both built in the same time period 1636 to 1644 that is why they have the world and we have the tombs we live today in times that i call forks in history like you drive down the road you come to a fork you have to decide you go right you go left forking times of history are times that are characterized by global turmoil by pandemics by wars by financial collapse and by revolutions times of hardship disaster and death but thanks to that the foundations of the structures of society are shaken and for a short time it is given into the hands of ordinary men and women to change the path of destiny today we are living in such times and you are the men and women who will have an opportunity 
to change the path of destiny for yourself and for others if you choose to do that. I remind you and myself that every generation gets an opportunity. The result of what they do with it lasts in some cases for centuries. Today we are living by the decisions taken in the 17th century. What we choose to do today has the potential to affect generations to come. My question to you is, what do you want that to be? What do you want that to be? We must choose because this is our only chance. Once we are gone, that's it. If I ask you to compare the importance of your children's Islamic education to something else in their lives, what would you compare it with? I'm asking you a question. Your children's Islamic education, compare it to something else in their lives. What would you compare it with? As important as what? As important as their secular school? As important as sports, whatever sports they play? As important as entertainment? As important as what? I'm asking you because that is the choice that you will have to make going forward from today. Remember that it's not a life and death choice because death is inevitable. This is a Jannah or Jahannam choice because neither is inevitable. Both are the results of making the right choices. So ask yourself, which is more important? Jannah for your children and yourself or whatever else you, you think and you are thinking of? I'm not being dramatic. I see what you perhaps don't see because I'm a history major and I've studied history all my life. Please realize that we only look with our eyes, but we see with our knowledge. There is a big difference between looking and seeing. That's how doctors diagnose, not by looking, but by seeing with their knowledge. My brothers and sisters, as I said before, the time has come to make a choice. Let me tell you two true stories. About a hundred years ago, Muslims from the Middle East went to South America, to Brazil, to Argentina, to Venezuela. Today, of the original families, almost all have lost Islam. I've heard many stories and you may have also heard them of old men meeting the brothers of Tabligh with tears in their eyes, showing them a ragged musalla or a copy of the Musaf of the Quran and lots of photos of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, all of them non-Muslim. Remember that not even one was forced to convert. They did it willingly because nobody taught them Islam. Generation after generation, parents were too busy to worry about their children. 
They thought that after all Arabic was their mother tongue. The Quran was their virasat, was their inheritance. And Islam was in their blood. So nothing could happen to their children. They were wrong. Very wrong. Contrast this with South Africa. Where Muslims went not a hundred years ago but three hundred years ago. They lived through apartheid in small segregated enclaves. Today in Tarawi, in Ramadan, in many of the big masajid, if you go and stand in the first sub, they will ask you, are you a hafiz? If you, if you say no, they will say, please stand in the second sub. The first sub, the entire sub is reserved for Hufal. One of the one day, one of the imams, he turns around, before he starts the tarawih, he turns around and he says to the people, let me breathe. So after that, I told him, what was this, let me breathe? I mean, I, you know, straighten yourself and shoulder to shoulder, all the way. Let me breathe is what? He said, because if I stop to breathe, they will give me a prompt. Eh? They won't even let me breathe. If I stop to breathe, somebody will prompt me. He said, I know the Quran. I know what I am reading. Don't prompt me. 20 rakat of Tarawih is led by 10 imams. Each one does 2 rakat. Because there are that many hufas. How did it happen? How? Magic. Huh? Malaika came. Huh? It happened. Because of the maktab system. Maktab system. Two hours a day, four days a week after school. Two hours a day, four days a week after school. Repeat after me, everybody. Two hours a day, four days a week after school. Jazakallah. So you will ask me, well, what about... Driving to the masjid to drop the kids off. What about their soccer and cricket and tennis and basketball and gym? They do everything. Believe me, they do everything. South African masajid, for example, have toilets and wudu places where if you go in, you want to spend the rest of your life there. You won't feel like coming out. It is so beautiful. They have underflow heating. They have lots and lots of money. But they also have their priorities right. The reason I'm saying this to you is because you might think, well, you know, where, where do they have soccer? They've got better soccer than you have. They play rugby. They've got plenty. They've got their priorities right. Also, many of them are business people. So these kids, they also work in the shops, in the businesses. So what do they do? They do everything after the maktab. The choice is very simple. Maktab or soccer, maktab. Maktab or basketball, maktab. Maktab or whatever, maktab. Most South Africans pray at least one salah in the masjid. At least one salah. They have some magnificent madrasas. 
But the backbone of their Islamic education is the maktab system, the after school system. That is the guard, the fortress, which protected them for 300 years and continues to protect them from the evil influences of society. It preserved both Islam and their culture. Today, you see South Africans in all kinds of highly complex and powerful professional positions, but you also see their confident adherence to the sunnah of Rasulullah They look like Muslims, they practice Islam with total confidence, and they work for the good of society in many ways. I have only one question for you. Which future do you want for your children? The South American one or the South African one? That is what you get to choose. And that is why we decided to start the after-school program in our masjid for which we need your support. Not money. I'm not doing fundraising. I do not do fundraising. You know this. We need your time. We need your commitment. We need your dedication. And we need your personal assistance. So are you ready? Inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. As I said, not money because money will not come in the way of your child attending this school. Inshallah. There will be a fee. But for those who cannot pay, there will be subsidies. What we cannot do is to educate your child if you are not interested in that. That's beyond our control. But if you want to educate your child and put the child in the school and you cannot pay the fee, that will get taken care of. Don't worry about that. I know you have many important things to do in your life. Simply ask yourself, which is more important than the life of your child. I'm not joking. The Akhirah is life. A life that will never end. Far more important than this life. So anytime a thought comes to you about something else you need to do, apart from bringing your child to school, ask yourself, is this more important or is his or her life more important? If that thing you want to do is more important than their life, please do it. But if their life is more important than that thing which you want them to do other than go to the maktab, take them to the maktab, bring them to the school. I want to end with the mission statement of this. To prepare our children to become Muslim role models, exemplary citizens in their communities and a blessing to their families and neighbors. To connect them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that they become walking, talking models of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To inculcate in them a love for the Quran and sunnah so that they see the benefit of living by them. By living and demonstrating this in our behavior, to inculcate in our children Islamic values, habits, attitudes, high moral and ethical standards, forgiveness and patience. Please ask yourself if this is something that you want for your children. I'm addressing you because your children's education is as much if not more about you as it is about your children. 
Rasulullah sallallahu taught adults and they taught their children. We will therefore encourage you to spend time in the masjid with your children and participate in their classes. So please learn what they learn and practice Islam fully in your lives so that you become their role models. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to help you to create your own sadaqah jariyah by leveraging the blessing of your children that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'ala gharar. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanatan wa fi l'akhirati hasanatan wa qinada bannar. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with you and never to be displeased and make this maktab and this after school a means of great khair and barakah for all of you individually in your families as well as for this entire society inshallah. Wa sallallahu ala nabi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi al-mayim bi rahmatika